You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of The Process. Welcome to The Process. The process is always greater than the product. Hey, man, I'm your host, man, Sean Barber, 10-year NFL vet, uh, former Chiefs ambassador, president, and also, man, just all-around good dude. Y'all know how I flow. You know how this show goes. But those that haven't, man, we break down all the ins and outs, what's going on with the Chiefs and the NFL as a whole, and find out what is the process, what is the ingredients, what's going on step-by-step and making some of these high-level decisions. Man, this week, man, again, an honor of mine. I got a brother in Christ, brother at arms. Man, my man, Kevin Lockett, he's been on it here before. But now we're in the mid-season, man. We're going to look back at kind of what's going on in the, with the Chiefs during the season so far. We're definitely going to talk about the Germany trip. Uh, we're going to talk about the wide receiver room and any improvements need to be made, what's going on with them as we go into the bye week. And then, obviously, man, obviously in, in honor of Veterans Day, we're going to do a little salute to a Veterans Day, a little salute to service. So uh, without that, man, listen, before we do anything, let me pay these bills, man. The McGinnis Group, the title sponsor of our uh, comp- of our show is the McGinnis Group. Uh, yes, I work for the McGinnis Group. Um, I'm, I'm a, the president of business development. Uh, but we specialize in employee benefits, health insurance, um, retirement, financial services, life insurance, and also long-term care. We would love to have the opportunity to review your current plan and discuss as a team, together everybody achieves more, but yes, discuss as a team uh, your game plan, not just for your company, but your game plan for life. So remember, man, T-E-A-M, together everybody achieves more. And without that, without further ado, man, let's get at it. So we always start the show one way, the who, the where, the what. Uh, who is Kevin Lockie? What are you doing now? And then how can people find you on social media? Man, yeah, social media, man, rough. I know. I don't do a lot. I, <laughs> you know, that that's not me. But, uh, man, been in Kansas City for the last 20-plus years. Uh, you know my family. I got four boys, uh, football family. So our oldest, obviously, is is playing in Seattle. Uh, our middle child is the red shirt freshman over at Kansas State. And then we got twin boys playing with your boy Deacon over at, over at Blue Valley. So freshman. So family that loves football. Been married for uh, 21 years. Uh, beautiful wife. And uh, that's it, man. Just, you know, doing the, doing the daily thing, raising the kids, work, do, do what I got to do. Doing, I'm in the investment space. So, man, just I'm a football guy. Thursday through Monday. Football. Kevin, he real, listen, man, this guy is one of the most humble guys. I mean, he's killing it when it comes to uh, bioscience. Fulcrum Investments, um, it's a um, company that – Venture firm. Venture firm that he involved in. So, hey, man, if you're you international brand company, international, we get, hey, we get we got viewers them. all over the nation that are viewing the process. If you got a few million you want to invest, man, holler at Kevin Lockett, Fulcrum Investment Company um, here in Kansas City. Make sure you – um, look him up. Uh, he's doing big things in, in, in that segment, in that area. So uh, without that, let's get back to the Chiefs, man. Let's talk about this last game. Uh, our Chiefs, we went east. We went across the pond, went across the lake with 10-hour flight. Uh, we took the Thursday flight. Miami went a whole week ahead of time. They went on Monday. It was this big discussion. Big discussion about what is the best option. Do you go there a week before to get acclimated, or do you stay at home in the comforts of your own home, practice, um, at your home facility and then go late. Obviously, uh, we won the game, so I don't know if we had the best process, but it produced a victory. Uh, what is your thoughts about going over when you're talking about changing time zones? Do you want to go over early and get acclimated, or would you stay stay home and be comfortable, uh, kind of in your own in your own facility? So it's, I think I think it's positives and negatives to each one, right? So like I I, I track Tyler and Seattle all the time, right? They've played I think three or four East Coast games already this year. They leave and go on a Friday or a Sunday game. And, you know, you hear some people yelling they like it. You hear some people saying they don't like it. For me, if I'm going internationally, taking a trip like the Chiefs just did, I like the process that the Chiefs went went by. Just get there, get acclimated just enough, play your game, it's business, and get up out of there. I can remember back, uh, I think it was the year after you left Washington, uh, we had to go over to Japan and we had to play San Francisco for a game. Uh, And that was the approach that we took. I think we got there, you know, 36 hours before the game, it was just enough time for you to get rooted in, in, in the, in, and acclimated and, and set in. But then it was like we play the game and we get out of there. I think if you're there too long, 
it's just too many distractions, right? Because think about it, the 53 guys that travel or how many ever go over there, you know, a lot of them have never been out of the country. Many of them have probably never been to Germany as it is. And you start to get there too long. And all of a sudden, like, it's just too many distractions, right? You got some guys want to go down to the club. Some guys want to go down to the ladies club, you know, and, and you just start to get distracted from why you're really there. So, you know, I like the approach of like, look, let's just show up. Let's go play. And, uh, and let's get back out of here and get back home for for uh, for a bye week. Man, uh, Coach Cullen is a D-line coach for the Chiefs. He actually coached me when I was at the University of Richmond. And we we created a term called a hot LZ, called a hot landing zone. And he says whenever we get, get, get suited and get ready for a business trip, the only thing that should be on our mind is landing, kicking somebody's butt, getting back on the plane, and coming home. He said that, that, like, that's, the, that's an agenda. That's the whole itinerary. All the uh, going to the historical events and going to the museums and uh, being uh, submerged in the, the current culture and trying to be, you know, how many German spots can I, how many different uh, bars can we go and have a German beer and, and get, get used to the, uh, the culture there and everything? Can we try some of the German foods? All of those things, like you said, are just a distraction. Right. The, the goal over there is to go win a ball game and come back home. And then you got to get reacclimated. So, I think about it like you thought about it. The the sooner you get over there, yes, you might become more acclimated to the time zone in Germany, but then the return process is just going to be that much longer before your body gets back to normal, get back to what you're uh, what you're used to. So I think uh, Coach Andy did a perfect job. The the advanced team going over there. I got a son that works for the Chiefs, Nico, uh, that works with Allen Wright with the equipment staff, and he says, "Hey, Dad, it it was a nightmare of." work to get ready to go over there in such a short time and turn around. But he says the, the the positive about it was they didn't have to spend time thinking about, like you're saying, how to fill up all of that free time. Yeah. Those extra hours during the day, the Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday that the, the Miami Dolphins had to fill up, finding out exactly how to keep that team safe and secure away from those distractions, those international dis- dis- distractions. We talk about international, there's a lot of things that are that are, uh, I don't think people ain't seen. <laughs> uh, I think Coach Herm says like nothing good happens after midnight. Right. Well, when you international, I mean, sometimes wait, what time? What midnight are you talking about? <laughs> right. You know, all over, over here. So uh, a lot of those things to be determined. But all in all, man, the Chiefs went around there. I mean, they handled the business. A uh, few aspects of the game. Let's talk about man. The Chiefs. Uh, the, the first and foremost, we had a former Chiefs guy, now part of the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, the cheater, mm. right? He went across there. He started talking about his quarterback is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. Right. He threw a better deep ball. Uh, he's going to uh, have two thousand yards and be a, a MVP candidate for this season. Um, hey, started off the first six, seven weeks of the season. On, I mean, hot on on pace to do that. Uh, I think Vegas had him at uh, uh, maybe ninety some yards and a touchdown. Looking at his, you know, the, the over under as far as the game. I mean, McDuffie. Uh, Sneed, um, Justin Reed, Ryan Cook. That was our secondary. Had to stop them. They had to find a game plan to stop to keep that cheetah caged. Mm-hmm. And man, they did that on a, on a high level. Man, you know, I mean, you know, the focus was obviously going to be on, on on Andy Pat and and the whole Tyreek situation. And you know, Tyreek just going to add to it, right? He he always pouring gasoline on the fire. That's just what he does. He likes attention. Uh, but man, you got to take your hat off to that defense, to the secondary, but 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 the entire defense. I mean, really, when I like, and we'll get into this, I'm sure. But when I compare like this year and last year in terms of just how the team looks and feels, I mean, I, I think the defense is carrying more weight than they have in the past, right? Everything has just always been on Patrick's shoulders, have been on the offense, Travis, et cetera. Hey, y'all got to put up a lot of points and go do what you do. The defense this year, I think, is playing much better and much more sound. And, and and that, in return, is allowing Patrick and them to not be having their best statistical years that they've had, right? So, you know, how did they cage um, Tyreek? I mean, I thought at times they got good pressure up front, but I just I take my hat off to the coverage. Man, the coverage was incredible in terms of always having an eye on him, doubling him in key situations, uh, just making it tough on him. And then that the play that, that McDuffie had, man, where he ripped the ball out, I mean, that's – that that's got to go down as one of the top five defensive plays in in the twenty twenty three season. I mean, it was just a heads up play. Um, you know, Tyreek's trying to get more yardage. He's backing out. You know, McDuffie rips it out. Uh, we pick up the ball, and then the best part was just to flip back to Cook. I mean, so it's that mentality, right? Like in the past, our defense has been about like let's just try to stop them. Let's just try to get out the field. Now you see our defense moving more into a, a, a an aggressive mentality. Man, let's score. Let's take the ball away. Um, and this it's it's that shift. I think. 
that Spags has has them going through in their mindset where uh, that's why I think they're playing quite a bit better. Man, the confidence overall in his defense, you see it that it's unwavering. Yeah. Even once Miami has some – like obviously we, we, we shut Miami down, yep. a shutout for the first half. Right. For a team that's top three offensively as far as putting up points, points per game, to have to go through a half against the Chiefs and not put up any points, not a field that just – Goose egg. Right. That is a credit in itself to the defense where you can hang your hat up on that. But even once the Dolphins started to get some momentum in the second half, that running game, uh, most of broke up, you know, a few runs for double digits, you know, 10 plus yards, some explosive plays. Um, that you never saw the defense. They didn't waver. They didn't, they didn't flinch. Right. It wasn't, oh, yeah. we, we, let, let's get back. Let's, let's, no let's panicking. Yeah, yeah, let, let's, yeah. Let's, we can't call. No, no. The call was right. We missed, uh, somebody got out there gap. There was a, the tackle, somebody yeah. missed a tackle. Uh, too many guys, you know, took a bad angle, whatever it is. Yeah. So, whatever those things was, it was something that the unit itself, because of the weeks of playing so consistently, no one blinked. Yeah. You know, and you love to see that on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but what I realized is that, like, we talk about early in the season, um, the, whether it was the Detroit game when Chris Jones wasn't a part um, of the, of the, of the um, front front seven or, you know, any games after that when he, you know, hey, had a five or six game stretch where he was having a, a sack. Our team has been, man, um, man multiple sack games um, over the first uh, eight weeks of the season. But as, as always, it's not any one player. It's just collectively as a group, everybody has kind of just raised the level of play. Um, and even when somebody is missing, whether it was uh, Minnie not being available for the first six weeks or Chris Jones not being available for the first game or uh, uh, Bolton being out from the linebacker a few games or an injury to uh, Willie Gay or injury to Tranquil, no matter what the uh, problem was, the solution was always next man up mentality. We don't miss a beat. This defense collectively, all 11, is stronger than any one individual. And that seemed to be their mentality pushing forward, and that seemed to be the mentality they came in to start this season. Yeah, I, I mean, just collectively, that that entire unit is is so much better than they were. And some of it is maturity. Yeah. Some of it is the draft class from last year, right? The draft class from last year uh, on the defensive side is incredible. A lot of guys that are producing, three, four guys that are either starters or or big time producers. Um, so so a lot of that is just maturity as a defense, getting comfortable in Spags' calls and and his and his sets and what he's doing. Uh, and you can feel it a little bit even even throughout the team, right? The offense is – everything's not so reliant upon the offense being incredibly successful. Now, I mean, for me, when I look at it, in order for them to win and to go all the way, um, you know, we're going to need the defense to continue doing what it's doing um, in case the offense doesn't step up its game a little bit above the level where we're at today. I mean, you know, the offense is completely reliant on two people today, right? It's on 87 and it's on 15. Everybody else is a role player. And every now and then you get a guy step up for half of a quarter or maybe for a quarter, but we don't have any consistency yet across the board, right? I guess the most next most consistent guy is probably Pacheco, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, for me, they've got to find a way now that they can't, that the trade deadline is over, that they can't really bring in anybody unless they're just completely off the street. We talked about Martavis Bryant a little bit, a little bit earlier. Went to the Cowboys. Right. No more guys like that that are, that are just out there, that are talented guys that you can bring in. So now they have to do it by committee. And it just is what it is. Rice, all those receivers, they just don't all have to. We have to get a guy to step up here and there, especially when we get to playoffs. Because when we get to playoffs, we're going to see everybody do what Miami just did to us defensively. They're going to say, take 87 out of the game, get pressure on 15, make 15, run around in the pocket, hit him anytime you can, right? Try to get him gimpy. And we're going to make everybody else get open, right? Man to man. We're playing man to man, get open. And if you get open and you beat us, that's fine. But can you do it consistently? Mm -hmm. So, like, now is the time, I think, where a lot of these young guys that have gotten reps for the first six, seven, eight weeks, like, it's time. Somebody's got to raise their hand and step up because you can make a name for yourself. I mean, you got the best quarterback in the game throwing the ball, right? You don't need but a half a yard of separation in order to do something. So. We'll well, man. Hey, we look forward to talking more about that in depth. We're going to break down the wide receiver room. Some of the improvements they can make, some of the pluses, the minuses, what's going on, um, and then kind of just all in a nutshell, kind of summarize what's going on with that wide receiver. Again, we got Kevin Lockett, former wide receiver of the Chiefs, uh, obviously K State um, Hall of Fame guy uh, with the Kansas City uh, K State Wildcats. We got him in the building. He's going to break down, tell us everything he knows, the solutions with the wide receiver group. We're going to come back in the second segment of the show. You're watching the process. The process is always greater than the product. 
uh, with your host, Sean Barber. We'll be right back at you. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you look forward to the holidays? Maybe you struggle with the seasonal blues as days start to get colder and shorter here in Kansas City. And this time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or some anxiety about it. But I think something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change. Something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, and to give you the tools to manage everything that's going on. It's a helpful learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries that empowers you to be the best version of yourself as well. And it isn't just for people who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash KCSN to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash KCSN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the process. The process is always greater than the product. Again, man, former linebacker, 10-year NFL vet, Sean Barber at you. Uh, we're going to spend the next segment, uh, the next 10, 12 minutes, just breaking down what's going on, the state of the union when it comes to the Chiefs wide receiver crew. Now that we're in a bye week, this is the time to self-reflect, uh, do a little self-study, look at the film, let's understand what is actually going on, what the defense is doing to us that are making these uh, our, our drives come up short sometime, not li- li- uh, allowing our offense to score the 30 and 40 points that we're used to and we're accustomed to here in Kansas City. Uh, we always have a top three offense. It's usually the defense that are hanging around 15 and 16. To, uh, this year in 2023, the script has been flipped. Our defense is playing top three, and our offense, as far as a points per game, is hanging around uh, somewhere in the, uh, the middle of the pack. So it, it's a wide receiver thing. I can't understand it. I'm a defensive-minded guy. I know about see ball, get ball, uh, finding the quarterback, stopping the run, uh, pressuring the, the, the quarterback, making them throw. Uh, off time, hurrying up his clock, all those things for a defensive mindset. I guess if I, if I reverse that and think about it on the offensive side, uh, we want to find ways to protect the quarterback, accentuate the run game, uh, the play action uh, that, that should open up uh, passing lanes for the offense. And then when the team allows us to throw it deep, uh, we have to connect on those deep shots. And that's the one thing, the, the few things I think we've been kind of lacking or missing, but it still comes down to the personnel. You know, we look at the personnel of the, of the Chiefs wide receiver. What do we see? What kind of grades are we seeing from these guys? Uh, a, B, C, D. And we, we listen. We don't get less of this. We ain't got no D level players. We got a, we got C and above. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Kelsey's an A plus. Uh, he's doing this thing. Always done this thing. And even the games he doesn't showcase uh, the amount of attention 
the defense is giving him yep. should be opening up for other guys on the offense. I mean, so like let's let's just step all the way back, right? Like when we go back, I don't know, five, six years and we talk okay. about, you know, top top three offense every single year. Right. You look at the components that we have. First you start with Andy, right? Andy always in my mind is a pass first to set up the run kind of guy. Yes. Right. So he likes to run the ball in order to just keep you honest. But in Andy's mind, when even when he calls plays, the little check down to the back, um, the little spot routes from the inside receiver was four yards, five yards. Those are run plays for Andy, right? Because Andy's view is if I can get four to five yards on a run, great. I'm getting I'm getting us down to the down a distance where um, I can be successful at calling routes, getting the ball to my guys. So he's he starts with the pass first. Okay. Now, you go back to when we were lighting it up and just scoring at will. Okay. Nobody in the league had seen an offense that had the capacity to score in one single play mm -hmm. every down, right? So you had Tyreek who was out there. You had Travis who was out there. Um, you even go back, um, and what's the receiver we have from Clemson? Uh, um, no, the older guy. The older guy. Uh, Sammy. You had Sammy, right? And even though Sammy was towards the end of his career, you know, Sammy could still run, mm -hmm. right? So all of a sudden, you had two, three guys that could literally take the top off, right? And so all of a sudden – because you can make the field, make them defend north and south, right? All right, east and west is always going to be the same. It's 53 yards uh, with field, all right? But people had to defend us north and south, and they had to defend us 50, 60 yards, right? Because at any point in time, if you decided to roll that safety down, it didn't matter what the coverage was. Tyreek, just throw the ball up and let's give them a chance. Because in today's game, if it's not a catch, it's 50% chance is a penalty, yeah. right? And which, which gives you the yardage anyway. And so now you start to just let's let's move back now towards where we were. Okay, Tyreek's last year. You still had Tyreek. He could still get deep, but you had other guys, Byron Pringle, who would live off of that, right? In in sort of the underneath intermediate space. D. Robinson, right? D. Rob, all those kind of guys, guys that were not what I would call a type talent at wide receiver, but could thrive in this offense simply because you had some A type talent that took all of the attention, mm -hmm. double team on on Kelsey and or Tyreek every single play which just left you in just simple man coverage, right? Uh, and then you had a guy who would throw the ball if you wanted it right there, he put it right there, right? So uh, now you scale all the way back to where we are today. We have one A-plus guy in the receiving game, and it's 87, okay? You will see across the league, it's easy to take one guy away. If a defense really wants to take a guy away, you can take one guy away, okay? The X factor becomes 15 because 15 has the ability – not only to throw to other people, but you've seen it even in, in the Germany game. He started to use his legs, okay? And so is he the greatest runner? No, but he holds you accountable to be able to be like, okay, you at least got to spy him or keep somebody around there. The problem is right now you have a bunch of what I'll call B to C type wide receivers, right? And this is not a knock on them. I mean, first of all, let's, let's look at this. There's six receivers on every team, 32 team. They, they had top 200 NFL, I mean, wide receivers in the world. Yes. All right, yeah. so this is not a knock on, on them as an individual, but what we really have is we don't have anyone who's an A or A-plus, A-minus even talent. So you get a lot of guys who are forced to now have to beat one-on-one. Here's what I think is one of the lost arts in the game today. It's route running, okay? And back in our day, you had to survive by being a very good route runner, okay? Today, teams will play, guys will play you man all day long. But what I don't see is I see guys running the route that's in the playbook, but there's no setup whatsoever from an offensive perspective of how do I set this guy up, right, to be able to get to my spot on time when the quarterback is looking for me. And so I sit here and watch games and I just get frustrated because uh, I just you just see them just, just rounding their routes, just getting to the spot, right? That Man, that's easy to cover in today's game. The guys on the other side can play, like great athletes. If you can't get open in today's game, which is frustrating to me, with the rules the way they are, mm -hmm. where they can hardly even touch you, like it, it, then it's a tough task. And so, to me, I see there's a there's a lack of art in route running. You have you still have the best guy that's at quarterback, but you've got to have some guys that now will step up. So, like to me, I think the best candidate is probably Rice. All right, I think we know what we're gonna get out of Miko Hartman. Okay, I think we know mostly what we're going to get out of Tony. I think we can put Tony in some positions because of his explosiveness that we can get a little more out of him. But we sort of know what we got, okay? In terms of long-term growth to be a dominant number one or at least a solid number two, 
I think Rice is probably, you know, our best bet. You look at Sky Moore, I think he 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 would be a great third down slot receiver, slot receiver kind of guy, but not a guy you look at as the one or the two. And so to me, it's it's I would spend time over this bye week. I would say, look, let's figure out a way to completely continue to develop Rice and let's put him in positions where for a game or two, he is the number two target. Period. Behind Kelsey, he's the number two. Let's get him ten or twelve looks and let's see what happens because he's the one guy barring a few drops here and there, but he's the one guy that I've seen and when he gets the ball in his hands, he's explosive. We saw it in Germany when he, when he caught the little, the little screen, I think he ran in. Um, he has the ability to get downfield because of his size, right? Not, not so much his speed, but his size, he can be big. He can go up. He can grab the ball on top of defenders. I love to see him just get factored into the offense where he gets eight, 10, 12 touches over the next couple of weeks to see what happens. I think he's a guy that could consistently be a six to eight catch per game, 75 to 100-yard kind of guy that all of a sudden becomes enough of a threat that, hey, we can't just sit back double 87 and sit back and just not worry about everybody else. Man, love love the way you broke it down. You, you gave me so many ingredients. We talk about the show. It's called The Process, but the process of developing a receiver, taking a good to great college receiver and making them a, 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 a productive pro receiver, it takes more than just talent. You, I mean, just because you can run fast and you got good hands – Unfortunately, DBs in the NFL, they're sticky. They're very, very high-level athletes, and they can, they can negate a lot of that top-end speed and that catch, uh, the catch radius in your hands by just being in a good position to prevent the ball to even yeah. get to you. So, so like, I'll give you an example. Like, just, it's just basic stuff. Like, when I watch the game and I watch these guys come off the line of scrimmage, like, the move that they give, nothing to get the defensive back to even possibly lean the other yeah. way, right? It's just, I mean, it's just basic stuff. It's when they get into their route. You see them getting widened off of their route tree, right? There's there's no art of even if they don't get a clean release, how do I press back into the defensive back and try to hold my line? Mm-hmm. Okay, How do I get them on my hip as opposed to just letting them run wild, putting his hands all on me, pushing me, and all that kind of stuff? There's no setup in the middle of the route when you realize, okay, I didn't get a completely clean release. He's kind of in my hip pocket. He's right where I am. Maybe I give a little slight stutter in the middle of the route so I can get to the top of the break. And now I can go left or I can go right. I mean, guys are just running the route that's drawn up on the playbook. And you just can't do that at this level anymore. The guy, the, the guys defending you are too good. Even with the rules the way they are, these guys are just too talented. And so that's what I mean when I talk about, like, attention to detail. Mm. And I don't know if it's not being taught um, in today's game, but but you can see the lack of it. And then you have some guys like a Tyreek who are so fast that, okay, oh, that can overcompensate. If you don't necessarily have it, but what what makes a Tyreek so great is he's learned the attention, the detail, and he has the athletic talent. And so when I look at the talent that our receiving core has today, um, I think if they're taught how to play the game, how to play the wide receiver position from a technique perspective uh, solely, I, I I think there's room for for improvement uh, to a point where our offense can can be dynamic. Again. Yeah, when we talk about some of the receivers you didn't mention, obviously Watson, uh, number eighty four is a I mean, I think he has the potential of being a, a good high-level number two yep. in this offense. Um, obviously, he missed a few games for injury, but bar injury, I mean, he's he's doing those things, and I think Patrick is getting a lot more comfortable finding him, finding opportunities to get him involved. We we know what we got with Miko Hardman. Um, I mean, his his with with his the role he plays in this offense is kind of a defined role. Right. We just really need for him to make better decisions when it comes to punt return. Like, I mean, we don't even get again. Man, stand we, on the tee and no move. It's been said. <laughs> I, I am not a returner, but I've been in a special teams room long enough to realize yep. when any when the punt is being punt from uh, beyond the thirty five, you know, anywhere near midfield, the returner puts his heels on the ten yard line. If you got to take take one step backwards, you let it go. Let it go. It, it, the chance of it going to the end zone is just so high. It's 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 no worth even risking. You feel and it, you're not going to get back to. I mean, the chance you're getting back to twenty and breaking it are just so um, such a low percentage. But 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 you know what? This is what I think. This is what I think. I mean, sometimes yeah, I feel that one from the two. Well, I, yeah, not I, hurt. I mean, but, but this is this is what I think it is. At some point, because he's a smart guy. At some point, I, I classify it as just selfish behavior. And what I mean, and he, by, he admitted that yeah. after the Denver game. I and, think. And see, what I mean by that is like, as much as this is a team sport. Like, it's still an individual sport because, you know what, everybody's chasing the same thing. I want that big contract, right? And the only way I'm going to get a big contract is what? I got to produce. I got to put up stats. I got to do something dynamic in order for people to pay me. And you look at a guy like me, Cole, 
who had some success here, mm-hmm. left and went to, was it New York? Is that where he went? Jets, went yeah. to the Jets. Did get on the field, but like seven field, steps yeah. in yeah. five games. Didn't like play six. a whole lot. Comes back here. Like, he sees the writing on the wall. Man, th- this is becoming the end of my career if I don't do something. Yeah. So what's happening is now, okay, every time I get on the field, i got to go make a play. And so that's his mentality when he goes out. And I love that mentality, but you also have to do it within the realm of team first, my stats second, yeah. right? And so I think what Miko's just getting a little caught up in is, look, I'm trying to produce, man. I'm trying to put up stats because I want longevity in this league. I want to get paid. Um, and and what's happening is I think at times that is trumping what's what, what the team does. And he fills the ball on the two. He gets to the five. And now uh, an already – uh, 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 an offense that already isn't as dynamic as it has been in the past. Instead of being on the twenty, you're starting on the five and you're starting in a hole. Yeah, and then you got to realize when you when you when you start on the twenty or twenty five, the playbook is wide open. Yeah, the the closer you get to your own end zone, then that limits how risky you can be as far right. as play calling. And the defense knows that we we know that uh, inside the ten yard line, your 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 play calls get really really safe, really safe. And it's easier to defend a team when they're starting from the five or the 10-yard line. Um, uh, with that being said, uh, I mean, you, you mentioned a bunch of things about the wide receiver group. But I also think that, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, he takes a lot of the the blame, a lot of the credit, um, unjustly. Um, he's, you know, a lot more turnovers than um, he has been historically. And I think when you, when you have a young group of wide receivers and you keep rotating who's out there, I mean, I know Patrick is great. But it's got to be so hard to see a release from these young receivers. And before I throw it, I got to trust that he's going to do things the way I see it. Yeah. And, and, and if you're a receiver and you're not looking at the defense, um, the, the, the way the defense is playing through Patrick's eyes, and you're using your own, uh, your own vision, your own eyes to see, okay, this is uh, uh, a single high safety. This is uh, one robber. This is zero. This is defense playing me with inside leverage versus outside leverage. If, you, if you're not looking at it through his eyes, which I think that's where it comes with longevity, when you become an experienced receiver, you don't even worry about what you're seeing. You just want to know what Pat's seeing. I want to know I what be where he wants me to be. Wherever he wants me to be, that's where I need to be. And like you said, from running routes, you have to do that so consistently because he's trying to make sure before I throw this route, we're on the same page. That's right. And I think he's having to hesitate Yep. Now make him hold it a little. He's holding that, the ball longer. At least sack. At least the strip, strip, strip fumbles. So everything is just a measure of being very consistent in the way you release, being very consistent in the routes you run, how you run them. Like you're saying that that little move to uh, um, um, cause the defensive guy to lean a certain way. I mean, the, the master at that in our offense is definitely Kelsey. All the off timing, off schedule throws is because he does that. I mean, he's probably number one in the league. Him, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, um, even like Adam Thielen for the Carolina Panthers. Now, the, the reason Adam Thielen, you know. Oh, great route. Great. I mean, it don't matter his top speed no more. He always creates separation when, at the right time. At the right time. Yeah. Cooper Cup, same thing. Who, who cares how much separation you got when I'm not ready to throw it? It's when I'm ready to deliver the ball, I need to know that you've created just enough separation for me to put the ball where I need to be it. Yeah. And then for you to be able to not only uh, be at the right place, but then complete the catch. And so the, the, the confidence our quarterback has that our receivers are running the right routes at the right depths with the right time. And then when he does throw it to the right area, them actually being able to play. make a play and not drop. I mean, all of those things come to, you know, starts to play with your mindset, your mentality of, uh, in, in this third and long fourth quarter, who am I going to throw it to besides 87? I mean, like, let's go back to backyard football, right? When we're playing in the street, right? And if we got three on one side, three on the other side, don't run into the car, you know, yeah, watch yeah. out about it. Like, if you threw it to a guy, if you if you was quarterback, you threw it to a guy, oh, he dropped it. Okay, we, we keep playing. I throw it to him again later, he dropped it again. Like, even back then when you was 10 years old, I, mean, I can't do it to him no more. Like, like I can't trust him. They only got to cover you. Right. They because they ain't coming your way, bro. It's, so you know that it's just it's just exponentially yeah. right, greater, right? Even at this at this level, I think our best bet today, knowing that the trade deadline is, is okay. How do I get the guys that have enough experience mm-hmm. that Patrick has enough trust in all on the field together? So for me, fine. Put Pacheco in the backfield. 
find a way to put McKinnon out on the field with him, and maybe he's in the backfield, but he bumps out to be in the slot. Why? Because he's a great route runner, he has great hands, and he can make plays in space. And Pat trusts him. And Pat trusts him. Yep. Okay? And then you got 87 that's on the field. Great. You get Pat to get his confidence in, in Rice continuing to to uh, to grow. You use Miko in situations that are sort of, you know, these these gimmicky trick kind of things where you can use his speed. Tony the same way. You, you get Sky in Patrick's eyes to be this consistent, comfortable third down receiver that can that can convert anything third and nine and under, right? And all of a sudden, you you just define a role. The problem is today, nobody has a role, right? Travis has a role, but everybody else is trying to figure it out. And I think Patrick's trying to figure out what their role is in his mind for his offense. And so because there's no defined role, I think you just have a lot of guys trying to do their best and do some stuff, but you have Patrick who just doesn't fully trust him. I mean, the biggest difference I've seen in Patrick this year is he's just holding the ball longer. Yeah. And and because he's holding the ball longer, it's either a trust issue, uh, it's that they're not open right away like he like he they're not gonna be in the right spot or he doesn't think they're gonna be in the right spot, you know, consistently for him to throw the ball early. Um, and then that just that just leads to issues, right? You don't want Pat getting hit. And then in the past Pat Harley got hit because he got rid of the ball so fast. Yes. O line is fine. Yep. Right. I just think we're not getting rid of the ball. And part of it is, is on Pat, but a lot of it is on. He just doesn't, I don't think, trust that people are going to be in the right spot at the right time for him to be able to let the ball go so early that if they are in the right spot, it's possibly a pick. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, nuggets of wisdom. My man, Kevin Lockett, um, uh, Ful- Fulcrum Investment. Um, obviously, the McGinnis Group. I always thank the McGinnis Group um, for their health, the, the, the health benefits. Uh, packages and, 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 and any insurance needs. Let someone at the McGinnis Group know. Uh, Scott Soxie, uh, Matt McGinnis, uh, man, bringing the McGinnis Group part of it, be a part of the MGI team. That's what we want to say. At the end of the day, man, hey, the second segment is over. We talked about the wide receiver group. We gave you so many different facets of what's going on with the Chiefs. And the greatest part about that entire segment is the room for growth. All it takes is some self-reflection of what's gone on in the first uh, eight, nine weeks of the season, and look forward for this team, when you talk about weeks 10 uh, beyond all the way into the postseason, how explosive it is for that group to be able to, man, just, just become barn burners and just, man, put up massive yardage. So I'm in a buy nail mode. If you're a fantasy guy, you're talking about Rashi Rice, you're talking about um, uh, Watson, you talk about Sky Moore, uh, buy low, uh, a sell high is always the way to go. So you can buy these guys on your fantasy league, make some trades uh, for the, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive guys uh, right now and be ready to win your fantasy leagues. In the last segment, obviously, man, uh, we're approaching uh, Veterans Day, 11-11. This Saturday, man, I want to take a shout-out. We're going to give some shout-outs to a bunch of um, military servicemen and women uh, to thank them for their services. And then we'll wrap it up with just some uh, tidbits on what to know to prepare uh, for the upcoming last weeks of the season, and maybe who to watch in the AFC, who is the com, com, uh, who is the, the the team to watch when we're the Kansas City Chiefs. We're now the number one seed in the AFC, and who is on our heels, uh, who we need to be watching out for. Again, this is Sean Bob with The Process. We'll be right back at you with the third and final segment. Have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Welcome back to the process. The process is always greater than the product. Uh, again, man, former linebacker with Kansas City Chiefs and your host, Sean Barber. I'm with my man, Kevin Lockett, uh, former wide receiver for the Chiefs and obviously uh, all-around great guy. Uh, but he's a, he's a hero, not only to our K-State Wildcat fans, uh, Ema, every man is a Wildcat, but also, man, just in the community, does a great job. We talk about service. And uh, with that, I wanted to talk about, man, our salute to service. We'll take some time just to honor some uh, military folks. Um, obviously, I got a guy, uh, John Selman goes to church with me at Church of the Harvest. Uh, my man, Billy Baber, his dad, Goldie Baber, uh, man, served on a, a Navy, in the Navy on submarines for a number of years. Uh, rest in peace. My father, uh, William Barber, uh, served in the military for a number of years. I, listen, I'm, I'm one of 13 um, um, when I talk one of 13, my mom had 13, or she's one of 13 uh, aunts and uncles. Um, my dad is one of 13 siblings. So I have you know, like 20, 25, 24, 25 aunts and uncles and all these nephews and nieces. So I'm going to run down a list really quick of family members of Salute to Service 
Colonel Robert S. Acty Jr., Sergeant William A. Barber, Sergeant uh, Melvin Cousins, Sergeant Sharon Green, Brock, Sir, Sergeant Larry Green, Sergeant James Green, Sergeant Madison Hatchett, Sergeant Charles A. Turner, Sergeant Christopher Evans, Lieutenant Colonel Gilbert F. Turner, Corporal Jones Turner Sr., Corporal Malvin Turner, Corporal Robert L. Turner, Private Paul A. Turner, and Private Gerald H. Monroe. Those are my aunts, uncles, cousins, and just members of my um, immediate family who have served. I would like to I mean, salute y'all and just tell you how much you, you, know, you mean to me uh, your dedication, your sacrifice to our nation to help keep us safe and sound, to allow just things like this podcast to even go on, the safety I feel in my home, um, just that protection and that covering that you have um, just given us over the years, giving your life. I uh, mean, just, you know, again, with Veterans Day coming up, just wanted to spend just a few moments uh, saluting you for your service. And with that, I know Kevin, uh, while, you, while we was preparing for the third segment, man, he went over a real quick story that involved Derek Thomas. Yeah, well, and I'm going to add my dad to the list, too. Okay. My dad served in the Vietnam War. So, again, I'm like you, man. Anytime I see uh, people that are in any of our armed forces, right, like, I mean, you just have to, first of all, you say thank you. But, man, I always try to figure out how, how can you go the extra mile, right? So you and I, we all we always go over the purple label, get our hair cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can remember the last time I was there, a gentleman walked in in his uniform. I had no idea who he was. And I just paid for his haircut. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't even need to speak to him other than to say thank you. Like, I think I think that's, we, we have to do that, right, mm-hmm. because of the safety that we have. But, but I can remember when I was a rookie, um, you know, playing here in Kansas City. You know, we were one of the oldest teams, so we had a bunch of veterans on the team. And I'll never forget, man, you know, they still do it today. They fly the Jets over the field. But I can remember rookie year, first game out there, uh, they fly the Jets over, man. And to see the emotion that Derek Thomas had on his face because his father served, uh, those those flights came, man, I just saw tears streaming down his face. You know, here's dude 6'4", 260, you know, crying like a baby, man. And I felt so bad for that left tackle <laughs> when the game started. <laughs> Because I have never seen anybody yeah. come off the ball like DT. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Anybody that served, man, my, my hats off to you. I thank you both, both men and women, for for keeping us safe here at home. Man, we talked about the sacrifice, the dedication, the attention to detail, all the things you need to uh, just, just have your mind right to serve, and how that that can even carry over to us as professionals, uh, not in our business, but how we prepared ourselves for the game. Um, the game of life, but also just on Sundays, right? And so I, I think about back when it was time for me, you know, rookie coming from Richmond, a small school. Now I'm entering the the NFL, and they talked about the game was going to be faster. They talk about uh, how much ex- more explosive it was, and now it's like, hey, you was a, a shark in a, in a in a in a pond, and now you go to NFL, you're going to be like a minnow in the in the ocean, and it's just so many great athletes and great talent all across the field. Um, what were you going to do differently? in your preparation to prepare yourself, Sean Barber, for the NFL. And I just took it as just that those little things, the fundamentals, how can I look at my one-on-one, my alignment, my assignment, my execution, how could I um, hold myself accountable when I grade myself on film? I didn't need my coach to tell me I was in, you know, I'm I'm a yard deep. Um, I'm supposed to be four yards, I'm at seven yards. Um, So I'm three yards too deep, or I'm supposed to be in the B gap and I was really uh, inside shade of the tackle, so I'm a little bit too wide. So, so those type of just alignment situations, I knew that me being off by half a yard or a little bit yard deep, it affected my angle of when it was time for me to attack the ball carrier or attack a guard or uncovered lineman. And it, 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 it I didn't, I didn't alleviate the double team a half a second early enough yep. for my D lineman to go make a tackle, or I was aligned a little bit too wide and I allowed that tight end to get inside me on a bootleg, which led to a first down. So all these little details, these nuances to my game, um, I took those things like obsessively to make sure that I was the hardest critic on myself when it came to the alignment, assignment, effort. Um, I mean, we, we talk about loafs on the field. We talk about guys not giving you know great effort to get to the ball. I mean, if I wasn't in the full out sprint through the whistle, when I say the echo of the whistle, I'm not talking about when the, the referee first blew the whistle. I'm talking about there was an echo of the whistle where about a second and a half after he first blew the whistle, you stopped hearing it. And if I wasn't still in a dead sprint, I marked myself down as a loaf because that was just the, the mentality I felt like. I owe it to this game. 
I owe it to my teammates, the guys I practice with all of these hours. We've sacrificed so much time away from our family, our friends, the things we 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 want to do to give us out, give ourselves a chance to go be dominant on this field. I got to go out here with this 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 attitude and this effort and this aggressiveness. This this on this is a ten of ten every snap of every ball game. Um, and I, and, I, and when, when it comes to servicemen being on the ready, on the go, always prepared yeah. to protect our country at the moment's notice, um, man, I just uh, again, I, I see the, I see the, the, the carryover. I see the, 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 the discipline and the, 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 just, just how that is a one-to-one ratio of being prepared to go play um, and just and always ready to execute your assignment. I'm trying to figure out on a. So I mean, like, like we always talk about, like, like people always look at us and be like, "Man, I, I would trade trade places with you in a heartbeat to be on in the NFL, be on the team." And like, we always try to find, we always would try to find, like, wh- whose situations are are most similar to us, right? And the only person, the only groups we ever came w- up with were, were like the armed forces, right? When we talk about a camaraderie, a bond, when we talk about what the locker room really is like, especially when you start moving towards playoff time and you start talking about like it's it's the 53 of us against the world like that that mentality is what's required right to go out and to be successful in this league you just talked about all the attention to detail i mean let's correlate that over to all the armed forces right if he's if he or she is a foot off or he's a half a second late from uh executing whatever the plan is for them to go infiltrate a certain area like like we get yelled at all right and within a group we get fined and we gave up a big play right their ending is death, right? And so, like when you when you really start to put it in light, um, you know the the attention, the detail that they have to have, the trust that they have to have for the person to their left, to their right, to the front and behind them. It, it's a matter of life and death. And while we think of it that way in the game that we play, like that's real life for them. And so for me, man, that's that's why, like you know, anytime I have an opportunity to not only shout them out but to support them in any any type of way. Um, I just think about it, man, people 18, 19 years old uh, when they start to go in who already are saying, look, I want to sacrifice my entire life for the greater good of this country. That's to me, that's just the, that's an unbelievable amount of unselfishness uh, when I see that. Yeah, we talk about selfishness, being unselfish, um, having that 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 unity, that one of 11 mentality that, you know, being just a part of a unit that has a greater purpose. Um, finding purpose, finding up something you feel passionate about, and to know that servicemen find that passion, that love with serving our country to protect everybody else's freedoms is something that should never be taken for granted. It should be nothing, something we never even waver, um, nothing more than the utmost respect. At no matter what level of service you've served at, um, you deserve our best. You deserve the best we can give you as far as health care and, 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 and mental health, uh, any kind of... Uh, medical cover, everything that we can give you to say thank you, um, to say we appreciate you, we love you, we honor you, is something we should be doing as a nation, you know, 365 days of the year, not just on 11-11. So with that, man, we just want to continue to say how much we, we love and appreciate our service people. Uh, but understanding, again, when it comes back to the process, is understanding that there is a amount of similarity to that, that, uh, that dedication, that sacrifice that each one of our athletes are given. Um, to be a part of this 53-man roster to prepare themselves for a 17-game uh, season and postseason um, with one goal, one purpose is to win a, a Lombardi trophy and a championship. And that process is, it takes ups and downs. It takes yeah, the, the, the the highs of beating the Jacksonvilles and uh, beating the uh, Miami Dolphins in Germany and then the lows of losing opening day to the Detroit Lions and losing to the Denver Broncos after 17 or 16 straight wins. And that's just the seasons of life and being able to navigate those things and continuously um, work every day of every practice of every week of getting just a little bit better than you was a day before. I think that's the one thing that's really has set the Kansas City Chiefs organization, coaching staff, players, scouts, uh, general manager, uh, I mean, almost light years ahead of where everybody else is. Everybody else is chasing greatness and we're defining it. We're defining what it means to be a great organization. And it starts with the vision of Coach Andy Reid and um, Brett Beach um, and the Hunt family. Everybody is, um, they're all on the same page. And it just matters so much um, in between the white lines of what the the mission and what the statement and what the vision of the organization, that top down, 
you, again, it's it's such a correlation to the military. It's because the the general, the sergeant, the colonel. Yep. Um, when it comes to Kansas City, they all are on Andy Reid's page, and it's all about just getting that much better um, each and every week. Yep. No, nope. totally agree, man. And so for me, as we move into the bye week, man, I just you know I I hope we we I know Andy does this. He yeah, we know what <laughs> yeah we know what Andy's gonna do. We are gonna look a little different coming out, and I'm glad because you know because what we've done is we've now put another eight weeks on on tape. Yeah. And you know how the NFL is. They're going to go back and every other team is going to review those eight weeks and they're going to look at every single play that defeated the Chiefs offense. Um, and they're going to try to emulate that over the final eight weeks. And so, you know, does Andy have some stuff in his back pocket? You know he does. He always does, right? Um, and so I, I, I liken this to to Andy sees the big picture and he sees the long road, long journey. He has one goal in mind, that's win a Super Bowl. We are just, you know, 35% of the way there on that journey because you got to finish the rest of the season. That's another 35%. And then you got the playoffs, which is the last 30%. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he sees it in that kind of mentality. And so for him, this is still a little bit of feeling out what, 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 what do I have on my team? What are our guys capable of? And, and that's the greatness that we're in today to be able to feel that out and still have six, seven wins. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's, that's powerful. So, you know, I look for Andy to change up a few things in the second part of the season. And when we hit uh, when we hit playoffs, I mean, we gonna see full blast everything that we've already done well this year, and you know we are gonna see some new stuff come out as well. Well, this is not coaches' talk, but winners they worry about winning. Yeah, losers worry about what winners are doing. And here in Kansas City, we are a bunch of winners. We're doing what it needs to be to repeat as Super Bowl champions. We are totally sold on understanding how to embrace the journey. It's not about the destination. When you focus on the destination, you lose track of the journey. And so our, 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 our team, our players, our fans are 100% about the journey. Each week, the, the Sea of Red, Arrowhead Stadium will be rocking. Um, whether we're here or on the road, our fans travel. We support our team 100%. Um, and so we're always going to focus on that journey, being passionate um, with a purpose, knowing that the journey means more than the destination. So with that, man, again, the process is greater than the product. I'm your host, Sean Barber. That's my man, Kevin Lockett. Um, definitely a shout out to the McGinnis Group for being a great title sponsor and everything they do. And with last but not least, that's my, my, my Sergeant Cigar. If you can see it, I bought that one just for uh, Veterans Day. So that will be smoked on Saturday, 11-11, in, in, in honor of all the military and the service people. Man, I appreciate you. Just keep giving us love. Uh, subscribe. Um, think about all the different programs KCSN does. Man, thanks for all your support. We out. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.